The Old Gold Club. Powered by Wolverhampton Building Supplies. For the best price locally, head to wolverhamptonbuildingsupplies.co.uk. Hello there. Uh, this is Old Gold Club episode two, uh, the podcast. I'm Mikey Burrows. He's Chris Owellamo. Absolute pleasure to be here, as always. Tony Daly is with us as well. We'll talk to you in a minute, Dales, if you don't mind. Um, we first of all want to say thank you to everybody who has given such lovely comments to us after episode one, Carl Um So many messages that kind of came through from people who are enjoying it, who enjoy the concept of what we're trying to do. It kind of meant a lot, really. I don't. No, at home, you know. I think uh, especially Carl coming in, very open, honest. Brutal honesty, really, you know, and it's, uh, I think anything that we can give back, that interaction is is so important. I, th- I think it was really nice to kind of, that people got to see a different side of Carl, because I, I think we said it a little bit on the programme, and I've certainly said it to him, that I don't feel like he should be defined by, by what happened to him and what he went through, because there was so much more about him than just the last year 18 months of his life and I think it was really nice to see him <clears throat> just kind of be relaxed and, and talk about those memories and obviously there were bad memories about you and you've got some stick this is this is part and parcel of it Mikey we'll, we'll speak we'll speak about it in more depth as, as as this show goes on but we're all human beings you know there is a there is another side to us that that you have to sometimes put the the walls up because yeah you're seen as a footballer you have to be you have to be hard solid unbreakable but it's it's it's, it's not the not the case and like you say we'll we'll go into it with a wee bit more depth with with deals as well but this is I think this is what's amazing about this show that people because of the way that we are people can come here and be themselves and like you say whoever's going to watch can see that other side to to the to the the player um I say we had loads of messages that came through this was from Wolves AOE says just listen to our gold podcast by the pool in Goa. Uh, great work interviewing Carl Akimi. What a great listen, but makes being away from home a little bit more difficult. Uh, Danny said, really enjoyed it. Shocked that Chris Owellamo didn't speak to Sylvan Evanks Blake for so long. Very professional on the pitch because that was a great, great season. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't even know if, they was, if you knew about that, but yeah, it was one of those. I think I was ahead of the goal charts and and uh and he, he never spoke to me until he actually got one goal in front and that's that, that's, how, not, that's how petty it was I cannot wait to get him in because I'm going to say so why didn't you speak to me for, for five six weeks what, what's going on what's going on see because I, I didn't know this Dale Tony Daly is here by the way yeah, um, yeah. like I didn't realise this and because I got them together last year to do a yeah. commentary and I was kind of thinking like this is going to be a big moment and there was like a big kind of shaking hands from them but I kind of th- sat there and I was like oh they weren't quite as like oh no we'll acknowledge each oh, other and we'll say hello and it, no it. but there is we've got great respect and yeah we do get on and we do we do have a have a good laugh but it was one of those things it just it came out of the blue we started you got to remember Andy Keogh and uh, Sylvan started that first game away at Plymouth me and, me and Sam Vokes came off the bench it's just the way it was but then I got the goals against Accrington and started that game against Sheffield Wednesday and we just kicked on from there. I mean, like we we scored goals from, for fun, but it came from everywhere. Kites, Jarvo, Henry, David Jones, the goals came from everywhere. But that relationship between me and Sylvan, I, honestly, I cannot wait to get him into yeah. it. That's what I say. <laughs> Did you know this? Yeah, not really. Um, you realised there was competition between the two, scoring goals, and there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, it's, it's a benefit of the team. Um, uh, definitely Sylvan was a very, very quiet person but you know he'll have his stupid grin on his face and you know that he's up to some mischief you know but um, you could see a a determined thing with him you know if he didn't score goals 
you knew about it. But that's the difference, deals, isn't it? He, mm. he had that. He had that side yeah, to him. That's yeah. what made him that. Absolutely. That, that gave him that killer instinct yeah. in front of goal because he wanted to be the best. He wanted to go and grab the the goals. I spoke to Mick McCarthy the other yeah. day, and we we're, were, were, were in tears about mm-hmm. it because I remember away at Watford, yeah. I was doing all the running. Mm-hmm. It was after my Scotland miss, <laughs> and, and, and and he said to me, he said, Loons, he says, tell him to start doing some. He says, I went Gaffer, sorry. Right. If he scores the goals, yeah, and we, yeah. we, we he, did, he made the assist yeah, for Kikes to put it in for Mickey Gray. Yeah, we went and won the game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Watford, you know, so mm-hmm. it's just part and parcel of yeah. it. But I think is, as you said, you know, it's going to produce goals. You're doing uh, unselfish running. You didn't care less. It was it, the the team ethics, the group environment that that particular year we went up that year was absolutely awesome, and you can see it was a team yeah. effort as yeah. it is. So, you know, as long as he's producing the goods, you took that. If if he was a lazy so and so, and you're doing the running and everything else, it didn't matter. Yeah. It was part and parcel. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, okay, so that was last week's uh, <laughs> podcast. You can check that out, of course, uh, listen on iTunes and Spotify. Um, one or two things, because we kind of, you know, this is a work in progress and we want to try and make things better as we go along and some things we will try and I have big ideas and my big ideas don't always work. And one of those we felt was the quickfire <laughs> quiz, which Carl Ikemi got four on, oh, which was not a very good score, Dales. Um, that doesn't mean anything. It, did, it just did. <laughs> It, for me, it just didn't really work, and I realised afterwards that you know there is a perception of footballers that not always going to be. This is this is one. <laughs> this man was the most qualified. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, See, in the present, present company accepted because you know obviously you've both been to university and you know you're big time students. They were doing the same as me. I went to university as well. We're all in the same company. Okay, it's yeah. fine. Right, I'll, I'll throw this one at you then. Wheels, uh, the your uh, your stock clock on your. Your computer. It's on my uh, on my computer. What, what did you have to What did you have to do before we came on? I'd searched on Google. The quick fire, quick fire question round. Why did it Why did it go so slow? I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm asking you the question. Why did it go so? I, I didn't control the time. It wasn't that it went slowly. It was sixty seconds. It's that quick was fire. Was. Yeah, it's quick fire, wasn't it? Yeah. And and one one more answers from from Kim's. I think he, he told us a little story halfway through. I just think you can uh, you can you no, can that wasn't a, the quiz. You can be a little bit firmer no, no, with your no. rules. That wasn't no no I'm no, no that wasn't the quiz. That wasn't the quiz. That was the rundown, which is something else that Dale's will have to do a little bit later on. Basically, some more quicker questions yeah, that cool. we kind of go through mm-hmm. that we don't expand on <laughs> as much. I mean, Looms wasn't paying attention during most of this, so it's fine. Actually, yeah, just that's wing not it. what he does. Um, so anyway, so we've dropped the quickfire quiz. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> okay, good to hear. You don't yeah. need to do that. Um, if, if people want it to come back, by all means, message us at. Uh, old gold club at wolves.co.uk is our email address but I can't imagine that there's going to be lots of people <laughs> desperate <laughs> to come demand. back especially when we're one of the questions Dales was where does Swansea play and Keems's answer yeah. was Swansea <laughs> Uh, I just I can't see that he did correct it though didn't he he did, he did, he did, correct, it. He did correct it in the meantime yeah, yeah. but it was the yeah. I mean technically he's not wrong no he's not was that one of his four we got correct as well did yeah that was yeah. <laughs> yeah we had to give him it because it was technically right um, what we thought we'd do as well on this kind of start of the podcast bit is have a bit more of a random chat about something that kind of bugs me really mm. And it's nicknames and it's football nicknames. Because football nicknames are inherently rubbish. He's Looms. It's a great one. That's yeah, but it's bit. just like adding an S to his bit. Yours is Dales, which doesn't even make your name any shorter than what it was before. We've just replaced the Y. Foley has the same thing. Kevin Foley became Foles. There's a few. Kates. Kate, yeah. Kate, Seb. Yes. Solvan, Seb. Seb is a good one. Like Richard yeah. Stearman. Steers. Steers. Yeah. Like what, Dave Edwards Edo, 
David Jonah. Jonah. I like that See, one. Jonah's all right. Why? Because that, it's not quite the same as just adding an O, S, or a Y <laughs> to someone's name. Jarvis, like, I Jarvo. don't get that. Jarvo, yeah. yeah. See, Jarvo, yes. Jarvo yeah. again, you're just adding That's an That's a good one. What else are you going to call Jarvo? Yeah. Maybe you could be, like, more creative. With the nicknames. That's creative. That's brilliant. Right, that's, that, that's what I think. I, I think you should put that out then. We'll obviously put the, the, the names that we call them, the Kates, Looms, and then let's see what can come back with, with better names. Yeah, I mean, well, there will be loads of better. Right, hang on. So I put this out there a little bit <coughs> earlier, right? So Cy Williams got in touch, and he said, I remember Mark Venus being called Edward Scissorlegs. That's about a hard one to see. Yeah, Edward Scissorlegs. Hang it up. <laughs> uh, Jackie Gallagher was splinters as he spent so much time on the bre- on the bench. Phil Chard was pilchard. See, that's a good one. Oh, I'm not sure about no, that. No, no. You're not impressed. No, All right, no. fine. Um, then Don Price got in touch and says, if in the 70s there was quite a faction of the South... I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently in the 70s, <clears throat> on the South Bank, Phil Parks was called Kipper Feet. Yeah, but a nickname, a nickname's supposed to be quick, quick yeah. to the point. To, to, yeah, but it's got to be creative as well. No, no. No. You can't say Kipper Feet over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kipper Feet sends. <laughs> yes. It doesn't work like that, Mikey. It doesn't work. Yeah, but you, you could. Like, for instance, what were you saying earlier about you've got... So I've been called uh, at Wolves, it was Looms. At Charlton, it was Louis. At Stoke, it was Lumo. <laughs> at St Mirren it was Hightower yeah. <laughs> I like that one yeah. that tickled me as well tickled me as well but you know what I mean but this is uh, Gudrun Thordeson Biggins you know what I mean it was just a bit as Biggins I remember we used to do the run Biggins I put the vip up your you know what I mean and that's it that's what you would say as you're running to, pick, to make me kick on a little bit but it's just one of those things I've had so many over the years what was Louis about? Uh, yeah I'm uh, partial to Louis Vuitton so it was uh, Louis uh, but uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, see, Louis, like, see, I don't mind mm-hmm. Louis because someone's picked up on something about him. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, it's short and sweet, you know, it's quite good. But you, the ones where you've been thinking outside the box and calling them all these names, it just wouldn't work as players, you know? Nice and simple. So if anyone has proper nicknames, because I want a proper nickname, like, you can refer to me as the General. I like that. <laughs> the Don, yeah. That's, the I, Don. I've got that respect for you. Thanks, mate. Because I don't have a proper nickname. Because my name is kind of a nickname in, in Mikey. It's already got the Y on it. So in football terms, no one's quite worked out how to make it into a football nickname. Because you're not going to call me Mike O or Mike C. I mean, some, but some people might if he's <laughs> Dale's from Daily. Uh, at uni, I was Buzz. Buzz? In fact, Yanni, please calls, explain. Yanni, our video guy, sometimes calls me Buzzer. Why Buzz? Buzz? He does. He's shaking his head as if he claims that he's not. Why Buzz? Just because it's from, like, Burroughs. That's my name, if you didn't know, by the way. <laughs> Make it. <laughs> nah, no. Yeah, Buzz has, Buzz has come along. Buzzer. When, when I was at proper young school, mm-hmm. I, um, I, had, I had a nickname I was called Baz. It came from Basil, which came from Basil the Great Mouse Detective, which was a great cartoon film when I was at school. What was the relevant, so... I loved Basil the Great oh, Master Detective <laughs> and I, wa- I went on about it for ages and people started calling me Basil and then it became Baz and then when I went to secondary school people obviously I went to primary school kept calling me Baz and everyone just thought that was my name yeah but you get that that short to the point yeah we can't call you the Basil the, the mouse detective can we Great Mouse Detective yeah but yes, it's got to be yeah, so apologies <laughs> I mean, he yeah, he wasn't just any kind of mouse detective. <laughs> he was a great mouse detective. 
So if anyone's got any good nicknames for us, yeah, it'd be good. Old Gold Club at wolves.co.uk. Um, just say better than Mikey and Looms. I like Looms. Looms, looms is class. I'm having Looms. I just don't. It's just not there. Just worry about your own name, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So if you do have any, please Old Gold Club at wolves.co.uk. It'd be great to hear from you on that and lots of other things. And if there's anything else that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, that's probably got more relevance than Dale's being a terrible nickname. <laughs> Because you know great what? Name, great name. So great I realised I've never referred to you as Tony. <laughs> Actually, when people call me Tony on football, I don't respond to it <laughs> unless looking directly at me. And to be honest with you, and that's been deadly serious, yeah. Tony. Like, and I turn, someone's actually looking directly at me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that Alan Partridge thing. Someone shouting, "Dan, Tony, Tony, <laughs> Dales, hello." <laughs> Welcome along, I'm Mikey Burrows, alongside me, former Wolves striker Chris Willemo. Our guest this week spent four weeks at Wolves... Four weeks? Sorry, four years. <coughs> Should we start that again, please? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically it was about four weeks. I was going to say, technically playing was four weeks. Yeah, 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 I mean, that was quite a big one. Um, we'll leave that in the podcast. That's going in the podcast <laughs> yes, extra. That's, 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 that's going at the end. Four weeks. <laughs> So I mean, t- technically, <laughs> your amount of games did fit into four weeks. In fact, in fact I'm maybe over-egging it in four weeks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we're all comfortable here, but hey, I'm still certain like, if you play the game every day, we're fine. <laughs> Good. Oh, look how natural that is. <laughs> <laughs> done this before, you know. He's done it before. <laughs> done it a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chat. Yeah, chat normal like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anytime. No problem at all. Can I just say, if this is still in the podcast at the end, it didn't go well. If this makes it into the final bit, we've had a bad week. I think it was good. I thought it was quite good. A bit harsh, yeah? Nothing against, against you, Dale. Yeah. Nothing against you. I keep touching you. Though. Yeah. Do you know what's worse just, as well? Just like to fuel me. Just like to fuel me. I'm curious myself. I'm honest. I'm curious. I'm curious myself. Do you know what's worse as well? He's got like he's got zip on his knee. So every time I go to touch him on his knee, I just go straight through the skin. It's just there. Skin there. I mean, I'm amazed that he's actually wearing proper clothes. Intentionally. I just leave for Insta now. I just leave on Instagram. You know, dress sensibly now. You don't dress sensibly. Come on, this is sensible for me. Thought, That's sensible for you. I knew I was coming, coming to see Mike and he's going to cane my gear, so I thought I'd just be a little bit more conservative. For, for those, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so conservative Tony Daly is like really tight jeans. I mean, really tight. You're not leaving much to the There's imagination. I tell you what. Zips on the knees, loads of holes in them, tight T-shirt. Like a, The question is, is he pulling it off? I, I, yeah, he is. But, but, He's absolutely rocking it. So, uh, that, but I mean, because I was a little bit worried because I've seen Dale's a lot of the times. <laughs> no, no, it's not clothes book. Of course, book. I've, I've, seen, I've seen Dale's a lot of times whereby, like, he's worn such low cut tops. <laughs> That he's pretty much been showing nipple when he's I, been going out. I think we, we, we went to. Uh, oh, what did we go? Uh, was it? It was mid season. Yeah. Uh, we went abroad. Was it? Port, was it Portugal? Portugal yeah. And we came yeah. down to the bar, and I swear to you, he had a top on that had. I don't even think it was. I think it was a belt. <laughs> I think it was one of those. Things that, it's supposed to be a neck and sleeves. Basically, the arms were out. 
<laughs> and it was round his midriff. That's that, that's the, that steals on it. Right. He pulls it off. Right. Can't see nothing there, was, about it. there was once when um, when Downs was still working here, and I remember we talked about it a lot in the car park at the time, right? Because he, he popped it up on his Snapchat. He'd actually gone to like quite a smart night out with his missus, right? And he posted loads of pictures from it, and he had like a, he had like a tie on and everything because it was a smart do, but he was wearing a sleeveless shirt oh, with on, a tie. No, it wasn't a tie. It was. It when was. Got, he had you... a tie on, had like a proper shirt, like a going out shirt, but he cut the sleeves off so he could get his big guns the out. Guns. And that's the guns. Yeah. Have you got them? Show them off. Suit, no matter what. Like, they, they, they weren't cut out. They were bought like that, believe it or not. <laughs> and I'm not sure I was wearing a tie. You were wearing a tie. I don't know whether that makes it better that you bought that rather than made it yourself. Like, I don't know what shop sells that sleeveless dress shirt. All I can say is, right, if you said to me that was nice, I'm throwing it away. Would you, on anybody else, it wouldn't have worked. But on you, it was just like, oh, yeah, there's, there's Dales. Pulls it off. I can, it off. I can imagine everyone at the event just went, oh, there he is. Shows the guns. Love that. Um, anyway, so that's our podcast. Uh, Old Gold Club at walls.co.uk. Anything you want to message us, the show is coming next. Wolverhampton Building Supplies is a one-stop shop for all your building and DIY products. Whether you're a professional builder or just looking to put a shelf up at home, they'll supply you with everything you need on time and at the best possible price, and they even do next day delivery. Best of all, their prices include VAT, so there's no awkward surprises at the checkout. So contact their dedicated trade counter team either at the yard at 372 Bilston Road, Wolverhampton, or online at wolverhamptonbuildingsupplies.co.uk. I'll just give them a call on 01902 500 140. Welcome along. I'm Mikey Burrows. Alongside me, former Wolves striker Chris Owellamo. Our guest this week spent four years at Wolves as a player and 10 years as a coach, playing and working under nine different managers. He was the injury-affected flying winger who became a fitness guru. Welcome to the old gold club Tony Daly great to have you here hey there Mikey good to see you Looms good to see you and you Dales you're delighted to have you back now we are going to touch on your career mm-hmm. uh, playing career but I want you to talk more about the, the whole fitness side of things for mm-hmm. you for me you were, you were massive you know I think uh, I refused to do weights throughout my career as you know because mm-hmm. I put size Absolutely. on so much but the importance of the sport of how sports science have come into the game and that fitness role can you just break it down for us the importance of it please yeah I mean if you, if you look at uh, fitness now it, it's only going to make a, a one or two percent difference but that could be the difference especially if you're in a championship whether you're going to get promoted or not you know it's, it could be a thing where you, uh, if you're the fittest team now most teams in each league are uh, technically the same you know, yeah. from you know, from from they obviously got a couple of uh, uh, outstanding teams, but in general, most teams are saying the difference is down to fitness, you know, speed, agility, strength. Whether it be um, a defender an 85th minute making a last gas uh, tackle, getting back, mm-hmm. or a striker uh, uh, breaking through or midfield breaking through, making a long busting one, that could be the difference. And you have to be fit to do that. You know, you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. You know, uh, for m- the majority of the season, fitness comes into play. So that part of it is essential. Um, you know, uh, over the career now, uh, with uh, sports science has come in, it's improved uh, players' ability to sustain uh, training uh, and matches over those periods. Do you define yourself as a former player or as a fitness coach? 
a fitness coach. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I, had a, I had a fantastic career and I loved every minute of it and, and the plaudits for it and everything else. But once I realised my career was coming to an end through injury, um, I wanted to uh, do something that I wanted to really enjoy and I could make a difference. And uh, um, coming into sports science uh, was something I always wanted to do. And I wanted to make a mark in sports science the same I made in football. So I do see myself, even though people talk about football career and everything else, it's great and I love it and it's fantastic. And, you know, it's one thing I will never forget. But a new chapter for me is, you know, what I'm doing now. And I want to make the biggest mark I can on that. There's a, there's a lot in the, the media at the minute about players being tired and recovering things. Now, I remember yourself, you always made sure that we had a specific... Off, off, off summer plans mm-hmm. when we were away yeah. from the club. Mm-hmm. How important is it that like, now pre-season recovery? These things are vital yeah. about nutrition. What the yeah. what the players are, the, 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 what they're fueling their bodies with, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's, it's critical. <coughs> I mean you're talking about nutrition as well, but you don't realise it's not just the Saturday games they're playing. It's what you're doing during during the week in training. If you look at players now um, who play on a regular basis, once they've got a good pre-season under their belt, um, they'll be they'll be playing regularly Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And if they've done a good pre-season in terms of uh, prepared well, um, done all the hard work during that time, it's just maintenance. It's just making and keeping them right the players that I was concerned about and most most, most uh, teams are worried about now squads are worried about are the players on the periphery the squad players because what will happen is a player could be involved in the squad on the sub bench you know on the, on the Saturday on the Tuesday or we won't do anything that week because he might be playing Tuesday doesn't end up playing before you know it five six games have gone on and all of a sudden injury comes in and he's in the team and the one why that player a doesn't produce, doesn't look fit enough, or you know gets injured because they has he hasn't uh, reached the levels that he needs to. Those players need to be training, need to be topped up, as as we, as we call it now. You know, do additional work so that they're ready and prepared for those games, so that they're at the same level as the players who are playing. Because uh, I mean, we are going to talk about you as a player. I mean, your Wolves career is not the <laughs> the the longest yeah. from within that. I mean, we me and Lewis were talking about this before and kind of. I guess we kind of wondered whether your experiences as a player that you went through here is the reason why you became a fitness coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it was, it was one of those, when I was a player, one of those stupid people that actually loved pre-season. Funny enough, you know, I, liked <laughs> you to, I absolutely did. I'm not lying to you. We got to the <laughs> stage where um, during the close season, when we played, we had six weeks off and I'd literally for those six weeks uh, be running, be in the gym, um, of course, being on holiday, of course, but I, I, I absolutely loved fitness and staying fit. My aim was to come back, quite wrongly so, by the way, as well, to be the fittest person at that at wherever I was, and it was Villa at the time or Wolves at the time. It was something I absolutely loved. And the first day of pre-season, smile on my face. I loved it. So I think when I picked up a lot of injuries, um, you know, um, my career here at Wolves, um, I was always interested, but prior to that as well, so as a Villa, I was uh, always inter- in, interested in uh, the anatomy of the body, the physiology of the body. So the physio, uh, Jim Walker time, hated me because you go in and says, hey, you've done a hamstring. Uh, okay, what part of the hamstring you've done? He explained. What part of the knee you've done? He would explain, you know, and I think I, would, I really want to know about the, about that. See, it's quite interesting you say that because now we're talking about recovery and, and that player taking that time mm. off, but you, it doesn't sound like you took any time no. off. So knowing what you know now, mm. What would you do differently if you were talking to yourself then? Yeah, and what what we instilled in yourself in terms of you know when you finish playing it's a long hard season, mm-hmm. you need your body needs at least two weeks doing absolutely nothing to recover. So whether you wanted to go on holiday, eat whatever you want to eat, drink what you wanted to do, um, 
everything at your leisure for at least two weeks get out your system enjoy you need to relax your body needs to relax and then uh, during those t- uh, after those two weeks you were given a program slow and up. it was yeah, it's a slow build up progressive I mean the first two weeks was virtually nothing it's just getting used to it up until uh, you got to your fifth sixth week when you're coming back and you're ready for testing that we prepared the, those players to be ready to be able to play football from day one we didn't get them back to be uh, we didn't want them coming back as in super fit because there's nowhere to go then because the only way to go is down we wanted them peaking for the first day of pre- uh, first day of the season which means starts pre-season because I always remember I, I love this one because um, you used to do was it yo-yo test that's right yes yo-yo <laughs> test yeah. and um, there was one pre-season when you were getting everyone to do it out the front of Compton mm-hmm. and um, I remember watching it and Kevin McDonald <laughs> was terrible <laughs> Like, absolutely <coughs> terrible. Yeah. Like, got really low score. Mm. And he walked across the car park, and he's breathing mm. heavy. And we were all in the reception, kind of going like, mm. oh, my God, like, what's he come back? He mm. must have had a really terrible <coughs> summer. And then he walks into reception. He goes, all right, guys, yeah. how are you all? <laughs> And we went, what, what happened? And he went, no, no, he said, you see, mm. Dales will test me again mm. before the season. <laughs> he said, I'm going to have the biggest improvement yeah, yeah. from there. Because yeah. were players like that? Yeah, I mean, of course. So they, 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 you, was he say, like that? Loom's a good trainer, full stop to a concert. Let but me he, just... Let he, me, but he, know, he yeah, knows the knows, players. Yeah. That, that's, I'll carry on. I'll carry on. No, you go yeah. for it. I mean, absolutely. Look, I've, I've played <clears> the game and I know the score. But, you, um, you know, when you give those results to the manager, he goes... Okay, McDonald's only got this. I said, don't worry about him. Because I know end of season, um, end of pre-season... He'll be flying. Don't want about. It. So I know the ones who are conning who weren't. And you know, when I say conning, that's a harsh word. They were being clever. But what happens is during those pre- those testings, they, for instance, with that, they were looking uh, to get a better score and improvement and everything yeah. else. What I was looking for is by the end of pre-season how fit they were. Because during those pre-season, there's no hiding place with the GPS and everything else. So when they started the pre-season training as such, if they weren't performing, that's when you got them. And I say 99%. 99% of players always work their socks off so I've got no issue at all and would would you say the from your playing career that it was easier for you to to manage players and different yeah. egos yeah, and things like that because obviously you can see yeah. it's like me talking about something in football mm. uh, I think I think footballers should be referees mm. because they can understand Absolutely. the game they can see things happening but yourself yeah. did that put you in a better position to actually come into a dressing room deal with different egos and see through players that like the, not conning yes, but you know 100% looms I mean I totally agree with you there I mean um, having the playing career I had and everything else gives you an instant respect from the players that you, you, yeah. that you, a you're doing but saying that as well if you rubbish at your job that goes out the window so but you've got you've got a, a leg in straight away which is quite good <laughs> but as he said looking at on a personal point of view I mean there were times as he said where we do tests and a particular player looks like he's not trying a leg and to the outside someone else will go look at him he's not trying and you know it, there could be a hundred things were on his mind you go and chat to him you know what's up and everything else and you go you know that he's you know there's there's something else there yeah. and being playing the game as well that um, that there's other other external factors and you've, what you've experienced as well so you're taking your own experiences and being able to um, handle the players and understand the players as well there's a certain responsibility that comes to you under different managers with, with, did they leave you to it or were, were some managers some, proper yeah, on the ball yeah, with it yeah. and trying to interfere with that like, I, I mean uh, begin I mean would name him uh, Mick McCarthy was a uh, superb um being able to uh, give you the uh, can't blanche really as well, you know, pre-season. What, what I liked about him, for instance, he goes, this is what I'm going to be doing 
this is this is the end of season I'm going to do this part this part this part this part and then what you did to get the, the perfect pre-seasons to work around that so any elements that he missed you could put in and you could, you could put in and, you'd, and you'd been able to do that and manage it and there's other managers where uh, you've gone in and you plan the pre-season and it's just and it's just completely gone but then it's all about managing that stuff yeah. you know it's been, you've been able to think on your feet all of a sudden you know you, you've, you've planned a session where you've got to, uh, uh, eight players and you, you know exactly what you're doing all of a sudden man you turns around and go oh, you've got 20 players and you've only got half the length of time not an issue to you should be you should be there to do that because yeah. i mean i know there was a a, a manager and it's up to you whether you want to name it or not that kind of didn't really believe in the gym kind of didn't really give you a lot to mm, do. do yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean <laughs> i mean no experience i mean that, that that's that's a difficult thing because you have your beliefs and not just your beliefs as well it's, it's the the research that goes behind that can you, you know being the gym can make you more resilient as a player you know yeah. um the, the sessions uh we tried to put on i tried to put on weren't to make you have a beach body you know, it was to make you... Helped. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was... It was <laughs> preventative as well. Yeah, it was preventative as well. I mean, it helped because it's a consequence of the work you were doing. Yeah. You, you, they, everything was uh, functional. It was football specific. It was going to make you quicker, stronger, more agile as a player. Did you feel then, when, when you were in and you had that that knowledge, that, that background, obviously, mm-hmm. that information... That it just was, it was just ignored. Then that must have been difficult because you've got a responsibility to the players, yeah, that relationship yeah. towards the players as well, haven't you? It, it, it was very, very difficult. And you know, and as as you said as well, and it, and to be honest with you, it was more than four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten occasions when I went to the manager and says this needs to be done um, because of these reasons, and he gave me his reasons not. You know, and and as an, he's a manager, you're gonna can't accept it. So it wasn't yeah. a case of accept it and carry on. You know, it was a, a case of you know, come on, we can we can improve these players. So it's important that you you do have your say, but you have to have respect to the manager, you know, to go on, and that's the way he wants things, and that's that was that was it. Because how hard is that? Because I guess as a fitness coach, sometimes how do you define yourself and your success? Because from a fan's point of view, I guess people will say, well, such and such is injured, so you that's your fault or mm. that's your part. And yeah. I, you actually had a really good record. Muscle injuries was something mm. that didn't really happen. We've got a big team. So you can't prevent everything. No, but- of course not. And it's a good question, Mikey. Um, what you found as well, we, that we, we, were, we were a team. You know, and just saying, you know, it's just there. We, we had a, a great association with the physio, especially uh, Phil Hayward at the time as well, where we were linked. Because what you find as well, you're looking at a, a, a fitness coach who wants to get the best out of performance, and you've got a physio who wants to in, uh, in, uh, prevent injuries. And sometimes the clash because they think you're doing too much and you think you're not doing enough. But um, we came to a happy medium where we were trying to get the specific, the correct load. And you'd always listen to a physio who goes, he can't really do that today. And it was genuine it wasn't because we had a good thing no it's fine keep him out and it even come to go well he needs to do more really feel it uh, Phil and it worked really well so it's really having that that, that uh, honest understanding with the, with uh, the, the people your your team that you're working around you so it was it, it could be difficult but um, being able to cope with it and handle the situations were fine no I totally agree I think it's <clears throat> for me uh, I must have been difficult at times mm-hmm. with the fact is I'm not but on an honest note because I, you may, yeah, I you look must after have been myself yeah. diet wise yeah. things like that but mm. I had 
10, 12 operations on my left knee, yeah. so there was different loading and I didn't like doing the Absolutely. weights. So when I, I remember I came to you and you mm. said, uh, I says, look, Dales, if I if I do these weights, I'm going to put size on and I, I want to be as mobile as I possibly can. I wasn't the most yeah. mobile anyway, but I used it to... to my, and I remember you went away and you came back with a programme. Mm. I've done that. And you thought, right, that, I'm going to tweak this. Mm. And I've got to say, it's the most boring programme I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. It was, I think, 95% of my max I had, yeah, to, right, I had yes, to lift. Yeah. I had eight different stations, <laughs> two reps on, in, mm. on each. And then when I finished the eight stations, I had to wait four minutes <laughs> and do it all over again. So, and as you look, I'm laughing now, because I think he did. I was in the gym for two hours after, after sessions anyway. And I think he's thinking, right, you know what, I just want you to be in there and get them. But it, it worked for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was, Wool's got the best out of me and, I, and a lot I've, of it's down to that as yeah. well for me. I appreciate that, but most Importantly, as he said, it's knowing the player. I mean, there's no, it's not one size fits all. I mean, as he said as well, I mean, you're a, a, a seasoned pro, and being you've come to me, which is great. We've had the conversation, and you know how to manage your body. And with my a slight input in terms of saying, no, you can't just not do anything. You do need to do something as well yeah. as that. So we came to a happy medium, and just found and no wish to be that. You know, there's no use me barking around. No, you got to do it. It's going to make a better player. You, you know, you, you know how to manage your body. That's the most important thing. Okay, here's this then. How about a player that wasn't easy to go oh, on yeah. with and never yeah. liked doing the weights? How do you manage that yeah. player? Um, quite easy. I mean, get to the stage. I mean, um, I've actually um, had had a player who um, hated the gym, hid from the gym, probably two players. One, um, I, I think I managed him quite well in terms of actually standing over and making him do the stuff. And there's one who's even standing and refused to do that. And as, and, and as he says, no, you can only uh, say to him, look, this will really help you and everything else. Don't get me wrong, he's very polite about it. It wasn't yeah. a case of, you know, we have a standing row about it, but, you know, your forthright needs to be done. Okay. So um, you got to a stage where I had to go and see the manager and says, look, this, this guy isn't doing anything in the gym. Okay. So, okay, then, so uh, we... we we get the manager, we get the physio, get myself into into a room and chat. Okay, then what do you think's right for you? Well, I, you know, I don't want to do this, and this does this for me, and you know, and it, this one this hurts my bones and stuff like yeah. this. It's another <laughs> story, and it's and in, in the end we come to happy medium. Okay, okay, then during this period, we can do this and everything else, you know. But at certain stages, you're going to have to do this. So we built a program, a bespoke program for him, which he was happy with yeah. and helped him as well. But we could have got more out of him, but you have to do that. Yeah. Did that almost annoy you on the basis that you would have loved to have been fit enough to play more games mm. than you did? Yeah. So to see somebody else not mm. making the most of what they've got. Yeah. Listen, I'd, Mike, I totally agree. If I knew what I knew uh, when I finished football in terms of going to university and um, learning about the body and everything else, how it could improve, uh, you know, uh, going to the gym, conditioning, uh, looking after yourself, um, uh, recovering correctly, uh, it would have made me a much better player and perhaps stayed even fitter and uh, and prolonged my career for sure. So it is quite frustrating, but you know it's about it's not battering people, it's not preaching to people, it's actually uh, educating them. It's been actually showing a purpose where you actually come on, try this for this length of time, see if it makes a difference. And as I said, to you ninety nine percent of the time you get buy in. It's important to get buy in, so you you can't just go this is the system, go, lads, this is what you're going to be doing. It's perhaps something you haven't been done before. You know, if in pre-season, you're going to be in a gym five, you know, three, four, five times a week. You're going to come back in the afternoon, uh, you know, at two or three o'clock after you finish training to do these gyms. And um, what you realise when the players see they're getting fitter, they're getting stronger yep. and and aesthetically looking better. I mean, that's, that, that does help as well as a consequence of it. Then, you know, um, you get that buy-in. 
Because, I mean, you look better now than what you did when you were playing. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Know. <laughs> yeah, so, that's a big one. That's no, a big it, one, Mickey. Because he always had a thing where people used to take the mick out of your legs, yeah, didn't Oh, yes. They? Yeah, yeah. But, absolutely. like, if you look at him now, mm. like, because I know sometimes people post old videos of mm. you scoring wonder goals and stuff mm. in, like for Villa and things like that. Like, your physicality now, mm. like, for, for the age that you are, I don't know whether you want to say your actual age now, <laughs> you just had a birthday. Yeah, 51. I mean, for 51, mm. you look unreal, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you. But for me, that this is this is a norm for me. Um, when, I, when I finished my career, um, as I said to you, it was, it was, this is a natural thing for me. The the gym, um, looking after yourself, being fit, um, becomes natural. A, it's part of your job, as it is as well, so you, you have to take care of yourself. But this is the norm for me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy the gym, enjoy looking after myself, and I want to stay as long as I can and do the things I can for as long as possible and doing you know the way I eat the way the way I train is is ideal for me because we have to talk about your time as a player just before we get on to anything else because was it 21 games Mm. in four years Mm. you arrived for what 1.25 million I think it was Mm. Graham Taylor signed you for the second of three times Um, that he brought you into a football (laughs) club we'll talk about him on the podcast extra Mm. um your time as a player, mm. kind of what happened? What what Frust- well, what didn't yeah. happen? Yeah, frustrating. Um, um, I was at Villa. Um, I'd been ten years at Villa, and you know, I actually wanted a fresh challenge. Um, it was a heart wrench to leave the uh, to leave to leave Villa at the time, um, and. Uh, Wolves came in, and to be quite honest with you, the only reason I didn't, I wanted to play Premier League football. Um, but speak, uh, knowing Graham Taylor uh, previously as well, um, from from Villa, you know, I went to ch- chat with him, and within uh, four hours, him speaking to me non-stop, <laughs> saying a word, convinced me that Wolves were the, were the place to go, and what the, with the signings they're going to make and everything else, that we'd be playing Premier League football, um, and. You know, it was a, a a a wonderful place. I came to the stadium; it was fantastic. It's a pretty and it's a Premier League place wait, waiting to happen. You know, and 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 I was and I was brought with it. Uh, my first pre-season there, uh, there picked up an injury whilst um, we were on pre-season tour. Um, didn't think it was that serious at the particular time. Um, uh, so I came back, had some more investigations, found that I'd done my cruciate, so I had a, 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 a cruciate uh, repair. Uh, didn't have the cruciate repair, sorry. They thought it'd give you after three or four months if you're okay because you'd be you'd be fine with it. Um, got over that perfectly well, and then um, made my debut against Millwall, coming as coming as a sub, and uh, literally come on. I think after 60, 70, 70 minutes, and within three minutes of being there, went again. Yeah, so I had to be substituted there again, and then. Um, I had a catalogue getting back over from that. I had a catalogue of injuries. I had another ruptured patella tendon whilst I was there after after coming back from that. It was horrendous. And, you know, it was a really, really uh, dark uh, time for me. I mean, uh, sorry, um, uh, people think, oh, you know, he's record signing, he's getting paid, he isn't bothered about it and everything else. It was horrendous. When you have to cycle, you know, you're cycling a bike and you're watching your teammates training yep. out there. It's the worst feeling you could ever feel not being able to play football that's what I was going to ask you you know I think you, you come back you do look after yourself the the fitness you're, mm. you're in the best shape of your life mm. these injuries come you can't do nothing about mm. it I, I think when, I, when Wolves got promoted to yeah. the Premier League I was the same yeah. I broke my foot out in Australia mm-hmm. there was four months without football no matter mm-hmm. what but it's it's that interaction with the players mm-hmm. coming in you don't feel part of it yeah. let's talk about that darker side mm-hmm. you know 
depression's a big thing mm. today. You know, I, I suffered it myself mm -hmm. the, the, the last two years of my career, spoke about it. Mm. People aren't speaking about it, but back in the day, yeah. you you couldn't really. Yeah, you know, it was the elephant in the room, wasn't it? The Looms, 100%. You were, you were weak. If you, if anything, if, if you know, man up, you know, you're weak, you're a footballer, yeah. you know, you're, you're aggressive and everything else. And, you know, you shouldn't be able to do that as well. So um, during that time as well, especially uh, my end of career at Villa, um, I, I did suffer a little bit from depression, I think, as well, because I, I, I went to see a sports psychologist, uh, but it was hush, 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 hush. You know, it was under the thing, you know, it was, uh, Gaffer, you know, this and that, where well, you need to see one, but don't mention it, don't, you know, get a person yeah. and everything else. Well, it should be quite open. And uh, during Villa as well, as I said to you before, when you're injured for three of the four, four years there and all you've known is football and all you want to do is play football and, you know, go, go out and do it and you can't do that. It is, it, it is, you, you get anxious, you get anxiety, you, you get, some people get depressed mm -hmm. and um, having the means where you have to be quiet about it is, mm -hmm. is you know, there's, there's no help, you know, because in your own self as well, if you admit that you're depressed, it, it's a sign of weakness. You shouldn't be. Man up. And it's and it's and it's depressing. I think it's great now. I mean, the likes of you know, I think Danny Wells, Danny Wells coming out talking about um, the way he is and everything else. It's normal. You're you're a normal human being, and you're going to have mental health issues, and it should be something that's open and be able to talk about. Can I ask you then? Should it be treated like any other injury? Hundred percent. And I think it is in some places. One hundred percent. Yeah, because I, I had this chat obviously uh, with the PFA when we've met, and it's mm. like they want you try and bring in something that it is treated like an injury, mm. but for some people, it's a distraction. Mm. You know, it's yeah, a, yeah. to actually play. That's mm. that's their release. You know, mm -hmm. like for 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 yourself, yeah. I, I go to the gym as often mm -hmm. as I can because that's my yeah. release rather than take take mm -hmm. anything. You know, mm -hmm. but for some players, training, having that interaction with the players, and you, it's very careful that we don't separate. That as well. I, I think as well, it's, it's speaking to players. For players uh, come and yeah, exactly. he wants help, yeah. and he's affecting his football. He's not enjoying his training. He's not enjoying playing football and everything else. Then you have to take him away. But if he's saying, you know, you know, um, away from football, that I am this, you know, and everything else, and uh, you know, I'm not enjoying my football, then I think it is to take him out of that that situation, you know, and give him give him the help that 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 he she needs. Yeah, we'll talk a bit more about that on our podcast extra. Lots more that we want to go through with you. Just before we get to our rundown element, I, d I did want to quickly touch on the fact, you know, that your long association with the football club did come to an end the we spoke about it when you arrived here today and mm. the first thing you said to me was it was amicable mm. you, you know you you've moved on yeah in your life and it, your time at Wolves had come to an end absolutely I mean I said I was, I was there uh, near on uh, 10 years and enjoy of course you're going to be ups and downs and everything else like anything else but the majority of it was fantastic um, you know uh, the the club in itself the people in the club have been unbelievable yes, yourselves including Mike thanks mate um, but we're, we're outstanding you know and it was a pleasure to, to, to work here and as he says, time moves on. As he says, I think it's nine managers he said there. Yeah. To stay that long under nine different managers is is is, is testament to perhaps myself and to you know uh, what I've done here. So you know with everything else, um, in, in in majority as well, some fans have their saying, some not. It doesn't bother me. Someone about the majority being great and everything else, and you know, I'll always have an affinity. Uh, Wolves, Wolves are my second team. It's one to you know the results to look at. It goes to think about the thing about uh, Villa. I've never lied about the fact that you know Villa, Villa, my team. Yeah. You know, in yeah. terms of that, so I've been open and honest about it. That upsets some Wolves fans. I'm sorry, but it's, it's true. But whilst I'm working at Villa, uh, working at Wolves, sorry, I want Wolves 
to win and be yeah. successful. Well, I saw, I've seen you when we've had yeah, results yeah, against yeah, other teams yeah. and against mm. Villa. And absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'll be the first one. The goal goes in. I'm, you know, cheering and everything else, and be gutted afterwards if we beat them. But <laughs> you know, at that particular time, it's your bread and butter, and you know, I mean, and Wolves have been have been great to me. Um, we will talk more about that in the meantime. We do this thing called the rundown, mm-hmm. so it's kind of. Fairly quick fire, although Looms gives me stick for it not being as quick fire as it needs to be. Um, so, first question: best player that you played with or trained yeah. at Wolves? Yeah, or played with? Oh, uh, <coughs> trained. <coughs> best. Be- yeah. <laughs> Just, you can make eye contact if you want. There'll be a few. There'll be comfortable. <laughs> um, best, best, uh, best player. Uh, probably uh, there's a uh, few. Good trainers would say. I'd start for train on on a, on a coaching element. Don't I mean, the fence deals. No, no, I'm not. Danny, Danny, yeah, I mean, I would say uh, Matt Jarvis, excellent trainer. Yeah. Uh, Danny Bath, excellent trainer. Looms, good company, excellent <laughs> trainer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that one. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, you yeah, too much. Just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, um, as in. Uh, 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 as ability on the football field as well. I mean, I, I go back to, to 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 the season. I mean, I, I thought uh, Silva and Ibans Blake, Blake that year was yeah. unplayable. Yeah. I think he was yeah. absolutely outstanding. Right, we'll spend uh, that one me. then. Worst worst trainer. Worst trainer. Um, got to be Kevin McDonald, by far. As in, but, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. He is a great <laughs> lad. And yeah, I played with yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 but yeah. never played. No, I'm talking on on the physicality side. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. Right. Best, yeah. Right. Don't get me wrong. On the football field, that's a different matter. I'm talking. I'm coming on on the fitness side. He would do anything to avoid um, anything physical. But as he says, produced on a Saturday. Yeah. What's it? There's no complaints. Okay. Right. Just I just I just want to name biggest moaner. Biggest moaner. Oh, James Henry, by far the biggest moaner I have ever, ever come across. Unbelievable. I'm, I, listen, you know me, Looms, I'm uh, pretty quite mild mannered, don't I, in terms yeah. of that. I would think I've, he's the only person I've actually lost my rag with in terms of. Really? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, as in, as in, um, effing and blinding at and having, you know, words with and such because of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. The best and worst dress. Oh, best. Best and worst dress. Looms, best dress. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Worst, worst dress? Uh, worst dress. Is that going to be played with as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen Froggett. Steve Froggett. Was the worst dressed person I have ever met <laughs> in my entire life. He could wear Hugo Bass, Armani, and you still look like a tramp. <laughs> The worst dresser by far. There's not even an argument. Right. Um, we've got to skip through some of these because we're going to run out of time. We'll do them on the podcast extra. Um, who's your best friend in football? Best friend in football? Um, I'm very close to uh, Dave Kelly, Steve Froggart. Fruitly Steve Froggart. Yeah, because I was his best man at his wedding. So I can guess why I'm caning him as well, to be quite honest with uh, you. The best yeah. game that you're involved in? Best game you're involved in? Um, as a player or just, you, yeah. You decide. Yeah, uh, best player I would would be um, my my game winning the Coca-Cola Cup the League Cup for Aston Villa against Man United 3-1 and my England debut fantastic what about as a coach at Wolves as a coach would be uh, who did we be Andy Kelg help me out here Andy Kelg scored the winning goal to confirmed confirmed Derby away yes yeah would be probably the one most memorable one for me big one here best manager you've worked with Um, best Graham Taylor 
Okay, we're going to talk a lot about Graham Taylor on our podcast extra to come very shortly. This is just about it for the Facebook element of the Old Gold Club this week with Tony Daly. Uh, lots to be discussed on there. David, you can download the podcast, the full extended podcast, where we talk about Dales' dress sense and a lot of other things that go into it via iTunes and Spotify as well. Make sure you download that. Thanks for watching. The Old Gold Club, powered by Wolverhampton Building Supplies. The one-stop shop for all your building and DIY products. So that was the show. Yeah. This is the podcast extra. Okay. Um, you mentioned him right at the end there. We'll go back to some of the questions on a yeah. rundown in a second. Mm-hmm. But Graham Taylor, because mm-hmm. you and he had a real affinity. Mm-hmm. He clearly liked you because yeah. he signed you three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was he like? Yeah, well, I'll... I'll my first introduction uh, to Graham Taylor in we, he came to Aston Villa uh, when I was uh, just turned well, was 18 uh, we'd just been uh, relegated he I always remember being uh, from 16 17 the wonder kid at Aston Villa uh, everyone oh you know it's going to be this and this and that and of course that affects you because you've never had anything negative said about you um, I think at, when I was 17 and a half um, a breast uh, French team came in and offered um, a contract uh, to try and buy me. It was turned down. Uh, had a had a rogue agent at the time as well, and um, he was trying to get a me rogue out. Agent. Yes, a rogue agent. Yeah, we won't <laughs> talk about that. Yes, yeah, so not 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 very friendly agent. I, re- I realised afterwards. Um, and um, it, it didn't come through, and you know I was a bit upset about it. And uh, Graham Taylor's come to the club. I always remember uh, pre-season. Um, we'd had a really really tough pre-season, and we were doing set pieces. Uh, for three hours as usual, <laughs> and, and then uh, we had we having a talk for another two hours as usual, and I always remember, um, you know, we were all standing up, and I'm at the back, and I'm just looking around, and I go, "Who is? As for you, as for you, I'm still not." And all of a sudden, all the players are turning around looking at me because I'm head still down. I'm looking up, and I look up, and he's and he's actually you can see his face actually fuming, and as for you, um, I've been there two weeks now. And I've seen nothing that impressed me. I've heard all about you and nothing impresses me at all. All I can see is a, a little boy in the corner um, who does a little bit now and, now and again and never seen again. If you don't book your ideas up, then you're going down the road. That was to Boom City, by the way, because I don't want nothing to do with you. And and then uh, after that, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going on here type of thing. And then then kicked in realise I'm gonna be I need to produce here um somebody doesn't like me here I need to impress you know you know I need to uh, pull my finger out and ever since then um you know again having a good pre-season getting myself in um it it, it, kind of kicked in but what was good about him was that uh when you played um you you don't know what you're get, going to get from him. He could be in training the the most harshest person, always harsh on you. And the times when you're having a really bad time, it it'd be brilliant. Like you'd come at half time, you think you're going to get oh, going to get a wallach in here, and he'd be be fantastic. It yeah, yeah, yeah. the person he is. He, yeah, he knows yeah. the players that he's got. Yeah. But that could have went the other way. You know, old school way. Yeah. The character you'd say, mm. you know what, I need to, I yeah. need to put my ideas up mm-hmm. here. You know, you, you were the the wonder kid coming mm-hmm. through. He was blatantly honest with you and mm. said, look, I need to see more from mm-hmm. you. And you took that challenge on. But again, good management, as you know, yeah. being a good coach is you got to understand and Abs- know the players absolutely. and know what they need at that time. Absolutely, as I said, you could you could have gone the other way. It was, but I think he, he probably knew the the character he was yep. working with, which is important as a man as a manager, man manager. Was he different 
when you came to Wolves? Because he'd gone through the England mm. experience by then. Had, had he changed? I think he'd changed. In, um, I think his man management players were exactly the same. But I think his, I think we saw a more relaxed Graham Taylor. I always remember when I say during training, I think he, he was he was everything uh, meticulous to the letter. You know, this didn't go right. I think what I found the difference in the training sessions. The training sessions, I think, it adapted with the times. Training sessions were a lot shorter. Um, he still love his set pieces. Set pieces at half time now, half the time instead of two hours, it's one hour. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he'd changed that way. Yeah, I think he had. I'd say mellowed. I think he'd. Um, uh, he he had changed that way, but I think. What I realised him, his man management skills were outstanding, as Loom says. Um, players who are at the team, you know, it's honestly, for instance, you know, I always remember when he was at Villa, for instance. Um, I know he's talking about Wolves and everything else, but I can only go by what, what yeah. I'd seen. Uh, Gary Thompson, who is, who is a really good friend of mine as well, he said to Gary, Look, you're not in my plans and everything else, you know, but if you train properly, train correctly, we'll get you away, we'll get you, know, get you a move. But if, you, if, you, if you're going to be an idiot then you know I'll make life as difficult as possible for you so I can do that quite easily and Gary respected that you know yeah. trained really well by the pre-season had a fantastic move I think the the club were asking for more money Graham Taylor went to the uh, dog and says no you know we need to be this amount and let him go you know, you know, which which is which is pretty good. Most managers who's left, even if they're playing or not, most <coughs> most players always have a good word about saying. I mean, there's not mm. many players who, who had a bad word to say about him. He came really close to getting Wolves promoted mm. in that period. Yeah. Obviously, the the infamous <coughs> playoff defeat mm-hmm. to Bolton, as many fans yeah. will view it. That was a really good team. Yeah, if they, if they'd have got up. Mm. How good, uh, you know, how different Wolves' history could have been. Of, of course, I mean, as he says, you know, of, of course, we're going to be the history's going to be different. But as he said, he was, was so close to the team now. I mean, what he did have as well, he had a lot of players injured. He had, he had Jeff uh, Thomas, still remember Jeff Thomas being treated with uh, um, Jeff Thomas. Uh, Stevie Froggart, uh Don Goodman, Stevie Balls probably injured at the time as well. I mean, um, there were there were a lot, lot of lot of players, you know, especially the signs he made who got picked up picked up injuries and were injured for a long long period. They weren't even small and were out for a long period of time, so he had to to cope with that as well. So yeah. you know, I think if those if those players were available, I think they would it would have been a different story. You said that he was relaxed. Would you say that he, he evolved with the game? Because, yeah. as you yeah. say, he had to, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that you, you look at now. I mean, we're, we're talking about uh, player player power. You know, old school managers were you did as you're told. You you you, you had your rollick in or whatever. But now it's changed. You have to be able to manage. You have to get the right person. Some people you rollick. Sometimes you you go put an arm around the shoulder. And I think uh, Graham Taylor uh, remodeled himself. So you know, of course, you know, half time the team were producing. You got it quite rightly so. But at times where you, you go, hang on a minute. You know, this isn't probably going to do us any good here. And he'd be more constructive. If that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I I think as he said, he did evolve with with the time yeah with with, with the time which i presume it's, it's going to be it's Graham, yeah um who was the funniest player that you played or worked with yeah um uh funniest player would possibly be um alan McAnally. he was <laughs> hilarious yeah he's a really really funny guy um always cheerful uh always uh, cracking jokes and another one as well uh funny dean saunders 
Really? Yeah, yeah. Extreme is a player, the, one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Because you know that's a difficult name to say. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Wall yeah, I, know, I know, yeah, but, but I can, I, as, I, as I say, um, he, he, was, he was absolutely hilarious. And I mean, he'll say things like, you know, if he gets some stick, he'll come with something Larry's gear. And he goes, he'll go, okay, then if you've got a spare couple of hours I'll show you around my house uh, didn't I kind of look at you through, through <laughs> yeah. and the rest of the yeah. gear I got or, he's just, he's exactly or, yeah, or if you're coming down the drive um, don't worry there's a petrol station there you to fill up <laughs> before you go through before you can carry on you know what I mean things like that and he's hilarious you know what I mean? but it wasn't you know he was that really really cheerful really really happy person he's the exact same now you know I, yeah. I work with mm-hmm. him on, on the radio yeah. and the, the stories come out mm-hmm. and still come out yeah. you know, so but... why didn't he work as a manager yeah I, I, quite honestly, I, think, I think at the time uh, for me I, having working with Dean I think I, I, I still feel that he still was a player yeah and also as well I think he wants to take too much on and too much responsibilities he's got his staff around him and everything I've been able to tr- uh, trust his staff a little bit more you know it wasn't a lack of work ethic or anything like that because uh, the principle he wants as a player you've, you've heard Dean on the radio he knows I, the game I, I, yeah. I've interviewed Dean you get, yeah so I'm saying you, but he knows the game and he, he talks I think talks really intelligent talks sense but I think as well I think I think uh, at the time at Wolves I think personally I think he's taking too much on hmm. I would say you know I think it's important that you have an identity you what you, you have a philosophy how you that you believe in mm-hmm. and then when you then go into a club then you say right okay can I put this into action with with the quality that I've got here? Because when I've spoke to like Carl Henry, things like that about mm. Dean Saunders coming in, they would work and work very intensely mm. on something. And then three days later, they would work very intensely on something else. Mm. And I just felt that then it's that, you know, players, if you give yeah. them so much information, yeah. they can only take so much absorbing. in. So Absolutely. it's got to be filtered anyway. So mm. I felt that I think, man, it is it's so difficult. Even when I was an assistant manager, putting the information mm. to the players, you had to make sure that you put the important stuff Absolutely. and just the like two three yeah. points and get it across yeah. and I just felt that as knowledgeable as he was mm. he might understand it but again yeah. 30 pros mm-hmm. don't, don't really think it and that's difficult absolutely yeah I agree and with what was your proudest moment at Wolves yeah proudest moment um, I think uh, all the promotions we've had I think it have been fantastic you would be talking about uh, in terms of fitness side seeing the team uh, coming through everyone talking about how fit they are you know um, how agile how strong they look they get to the end you know it it is it, testament to the, the the backroom staff as well so I think those would be proud moments and proud moments as well when um, you know it's recognised by the players as well I mean that's that's the biggest thing when the, the players are you know saying oh it's been great you know you know, the fitness level's been great because of the, because of the, the you know you, you know the backroom staff I think that's a testament because I mean for you in your position like you talked a little bit about it in the Facebook program there about kind of seeing the players go through and going through what you did it made me remember of Nua Dicko mm. when Nua Dicko got what was a, a horrible yeah, yeah. crucial injury mm. I remember being sat in the dressing room at Compton with mm. him and we were going to do a little bit of a, an interview where he kind of wanted to get across you know I'm, I'm, I'll be back mm. and he he was so down mm. and he was the most down like I've yeah. ever ever known him. Yeah. and the moment when he came back and he scored mm. was quite emotional I remember interviewing him after mm. the tunnel after the game in the tunnel it was emotional for me because mm. I'd seen him at that low mm-hmm. point and I'd seen him like you said in the gym looking mm. out on 
the yeah. rest of the guys yeah. are wanting to train. I think, he's, as you said, uh, from him picking up an injury, I, I felt it for him because I know exactly, I've done it on that football field there as well, exactly what he's gone through as well. And uh, actually felt for him, it brought a tear to my eyes, as he said, and the whole process of you talking about being in the gym, getting yourself rehab, and you can kind of relate to, to Newer because, you, you know, uh, when he's on a low, you know, when he's on a high, when you you know, and you can manage him as such, you know what I mean? You know what he's going through and you can actually give him experiences you're going through as well. And th- coming back as well, experiencing that, scoring that goal, what a feeling that is, you know, so you can ref- you can understand all that as well. So you, you go for the highs and the lows with him as well. Is that something that you, so you actually, did you take him, put the arm around the shoulder and tell him about your experiences and, and uh, give why? him as much? Looms, why shouldn't I? Yeah, as I said no. to you as well, I, I, I'm not saying, yeah, 100%. I, I always do, can I, as it is one of the things I do as well uh, with players is that um, is having an understanding of, of them. Because some players, I would like, never understood them. So I go, can, I go to... What, what are you thinking? I need to know. We're going to help you. But the majority of times, it says you've ex- everything a player's experienced, everything a player's done, everything that they've done, I've experienced. Yep. So as I said to you, so you, you have an understanding of what, what what a player's like, what he's going to be doing, how he's going to react. And I, I think that really helps as well. No, spot on. No, I agree with that. Because is there a realisation sometimes, and you'll have been in dressing rooms where this happens, where sometimes the player doesn't make it back and they don't have that redemptive moment of coming on and, and getting the goal and, and making the big performance. And no, and as it's you know, I think it's when you're when you're in that, that zone that you're playing and you're training and you see this player coming in and it is it's I think that interaction with them it gets less and less. You know, they come back, they'll break down you know the process that they're yeah. going through but I guess it's quite selfish as a player. You don't really get caught up in that mm. because you've got your your you know, you've got your you're in your zone, Absolutely. you've got to keep focused. And that's why I think it's important for the staff to understand that mm. that player is basically out on his own. Now, I know that some clubs give them a different environment and they go to St George's mm, Park right. and things like that. And, and that that's important. But again, there's for me, I needed to be here. I needed to come in every day and, and sit in the dressing room. And like I had obviously Dales and you had Kempe and things that, that they, they allowed that to happen. That's what got me through. Me and, me and Fole, uh, Foles were injured at the same time. So we used to challenge ourselves in the gym mm. doing certain things. You know, because that's what kept you yeah. stimulated. You know, but still watching the boys go out and just putting the boots on. There's nothing like just going out and go right, Dales, go go for your little run mm. before you went into them. Mm. And the, the chat that you would talk about, you, there's nothing that replaces that when you're stuck in the mm. stuck in the the in the gym. Absolutely, you know what absolutely. I mean. So it is very important. Um, talking of him and Falls mm. to change the tone. Oh, it's confession time, is it? <laughs> um, on our pilot episode mm. of the podcast yeah. that we recorded with Kevin Foley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only at this, it was only at this no, point. No, 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 no. He's trying to stick me yeah. in it now. Chris Owellamo made a confession, mm. which Kevin Foley didn't take very well. Mm. And you're involved in this as well. Oh, gosh. Mm. So um, if you just get yourself comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Because yeah. Chris Owellamo has something he'd like to tell you. Okay. So towards towards the end of this mm. uh, this uh, season that uh, we we got promoted, we used to do the the hydration tests. Mm-hmm. Now now to be fair, you've came and you hammered me a few times because mm. I was drinking actually mm. too much water. Mm-hmm. So you actually said about drinking cordial sodium based and all that, so the body holds it more. But me and Foles used to challenge each other mm. to see who could get the lowest. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. so I did actually cheat, mm. and I did put a little bit of water in. You know, so you do it, and you a little bit of tap water in, and I w- Foles actually had to buy me uh, the biggest sweetie jar, 
and I've, I've confessed to it but it was only for the last the last probably five five weeks of the season and I, and I, I apologise to yourself no, as well yeah, for that not, not a problem. as I said to you before um, there is a way of seeing it is cheating sometimes as well so if sometimes you get results on there you'll know that it's just water or added to it so being a good person you were, it wasn't a regular basis it wasn't a problem the only ones we actually looked at were the ones who were really really dehydrated in terms of that now the ones we'd actually go coin is dehydrated so thanks for the confession so you knew oh, you basically knew. yeah absolutely it's knowing it's knowing the player so you can see that no it's not really a problem anymore. yeah I wonder why that is oh. yeah. I was hoping you I can see, no him. no no because I can see it's competitions all of that he's got to beat foals so I'm, I'm, I'm really I've there I've got, a, I've got to know by him yeah. 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 he cheated <laughs> he cheated you cannot allow him to get away with cheating. Can I just cheats say, never prosper? Are, are we a team or are you on your own? Because you've just you've just tried to put me in it. I'm, I'm, your, I'm your man. I'm, I'm, I'm your you right are my man, man, but I'm trying to engineer a situation where you might have to get me some sweet. <laughs> I just don't want him to take that top off and climb over the table at me, all right? As much as he wants to. That's yeah. only confession because I've probably realised any alarms that was the case. No. Um, do you have any confessions or tales of stuff that went on that you want to tell us? Tales? Oh. Because um, you spent a lot of time yeah. in and around that dressing room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I can tell you about the story about uh, George Kobe. Well, no, no, it's a good one. So it's, it's a fun, it's only a funny one. It's not like a confession, okay. but I just I always remember. I always remember um, um, during my first when George came, my early early days at Wolves. I still fancied myself a bit of a player, like you know, I mean, playing football and everything. I still fancied I could do a little bit kind of thing. I always remember because Cobes is the funniest, nicest guy yeah. in the world, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's awesome, right? And I remember uh, picking the ball just before the train session got and dancing around like that, coming over goal, Cobes like that, and it went past him like that and giggled like that. <laughs> finished I thought that was finished wasn't it done done lads are going type of thing done so I so I went to um, I think probably two weeks later again this is at a game match day silly me away I can't remember it was again but it was away again I've gone again pick the ball up and I've gone like messing around with Coles just before the, the uh, game's going to start uh, next thing I know I'm flying through the air <laughs> like he has the uh, shoulder barged me and I must have gone I'm not moving forward I must have gone about eight foot in the air and landed on my back like that and all I can hear is his laugh in the corner like that and it was absolutely hilarious but and even sometimes as well when I do it as well so I hadn't learned my lesson have I so training again you know a few weeks later I've done the same thing again exactly the same thing happened so uh, sometimes I say to him now as well even when I see him you know what I mean I say come on have a bit Cobes and then I'll do it and I'll do a little bit of a runner so not but always remember that you weren't having a bar it's never going to happen to him again so did anybody else see this at the time I think a few of the players saw it as well yeah I think, and I think a fair few fans seen it as well to be quite honest with you and I think I was hurt but didn't I got up but it was and it was so funny it was, honestly it was so funny um, what's life like for you now you got your business yes, yeah absolutely I mean um uh, I finished when I, when I finished Wars. Um, the one thing I wanted to do as well is get back on the boat. I wanted to get back into football club and everything else. And circumstances, I actually had two or three offers uh, early doors as well when Caesar P. But it wasn't the right fit at the time. You know, a, a person's circumstances were changing for me, and it wasn't the right fit. Um, um, I 
then uh, met up uh, with a good friend of mine, uh, Dave Barnett. You know, we've been to school together since we were 11. Um, he went off and played for Blues and finished culture career in America. But, you know, always get together and everything else. And we met up for a drink and we were talking about um, footballers, academies and, you know, putting the world to rights and what we can do and everything else. All of a sudden, we both looked at each other and go, we're missing a trick here. Uh, we set up a company uh, called Pro Level Performance about a year ago, and we supply supplementary training to um, academy uh, young professionals, uh, people, uh, players who want to better themselves. So what we do, we, we uh, if if you've got um, what if you if you're not so good in terms of your ability, you want to improve your ability in terms of mm. the technical side, or you want to improve your speed and agility, your strength, uh, your injury uh, injury prevention, uh, nutrition, uh, and talking about that cognitive as well. We 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 supply a service at, at it's an all round absolutely absolutely. You know we supply a service that covers all those, but they're, they're bespoke. You know we don't. It's not we never do one size fits all. Uh, we work with the players in terms of you know if it if it's uh, you know focus is a problem to mental resilience. Our program is is focused around that. So the player can come to you individually, then? individually, or yes. as 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 an academy, we, they can yes, say oh, there's abs- ten players. That absolutely, we to- we've right. quoted. I mean, we we've had uh, you know five six players come from Vincent Sully or Borough who come to, to come to us uh, mm-hmm. for one of our programs. We've also had individual players uh, uh, come to us, like uh, Tyler Roberts is now at Leeds on an individual basis, working on his. Focus. Focus, and we've got a number of uh, other players, you know, and even at Wolves, where they come to us for additional training if they want to improve speed and agility. Yeah. Um, we're looking at academies as well. I mean, um, the academies are been the system. The academies, especially Wolves, for instance, and Wolves and Villa, which I've had experience of, are outstanding. But if you want that one two percent difference. You know, you got young Johnny who's been there from eight. You know, he's gone through. He's gone through sixteen. All of a sudden, you go. They say to him. Oh, you you weren't quick enough, or your left foot wasn't strong enough, or you know, or you you weren't powerful enough. That's why you haven't got a contract. Yeah. We give them the, the truth of that, so they'll come to us. You know, if they think uh, parents think that they they're struggling with something, academies can't cope with every individual player. It's all about bettering yourself. So we we want to give uh, them a, the best version of themselves. So they come to us for those additional work. So we put a program together for them to improve them holistically. Just kind of to finish, how good was he? Fantastic. As I say, professionally and uh, just absolute gentleman as well. You know, I think uh, I will ask you this though. uh, Did you have favourites? No one could tell. Yeah. Um, Did you actually? Yes, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, of course, there were were players uh, you would say have favourites, but you wouldn't treat them as favourites. You know, you'd, you'd, for instance, you'd get on really well with a particular player. I mean, mean, Loon's got on well with you, got on well with Danny Bath, Andy Keogh, those. And there were players that you you didn't really speak to, such apart from the work environment, but those players, you'd actually, you'd, you, you know, just before training or you go into changing rooms and they're the one giving you banter and everything stick. The amount of stick I got was unbelievable, but that's part and parcel. You just get on with it. Carry on. I mean, that, that is football, you know. You so. used to come out with the white boots, though. So. Oh, yeah, yeah but don't know, Matthew. Come yeah, on. Uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. Lou, that was me. Didn't, didn't, but you see, we didn't bother my one iota. You see, that's my personality. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. It's not trying to be Larry or anything else. That That is me, the clothes I wear. The way I am, that is me. It, 
keeps me happy, keeps me young. <laughs> Mate, you're looking at incredibly young. Amazing, yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, thank you very much for appreciate coming it. in. Thank you. I appreciate it. Was it was great 14 years you. combined at the football mm. club. You've played a big part. Delighted thank you. And I loved every minute of it. Thank you. The Old Gold Club, powered by Wolverhampton Building Supplies, official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Thanks for downloading the Old Gold Club podcast. For more great content, head to wolves.co.uk, follow at Wolves on social media, or download the Wolves app, available on iOS and Android. And don't forget, you can get in contact with your questions and shout-outs by emailing oldgoldclub at wolves.co.uk.